Hello, my beautiful soul, and welcome back to another day, another insight from the Celestine Prophecy. So today we are diving into insight number seven, uh, which is called Engaging the Flow, and I'm going to get right into it. Uh, <laughs> once again, my sidetrack, there's a squirrel, and it's like so cute with the snow falling down on it. So anyway, I digress. Um, engaging the flow. This is really, really um, interesting. This is a question that actually ironically has come up with a lot of students and clients over the years because when you're in a flow state, you feel really tapped in. You're in that vortex that we've talked about in other insights. You are seeing signs or synchronicities or just being guided and it's like things are working out. You meet the exact person or you're trying to solve something and like the question or I mean the answer just gets like downloaded in or you meet someone and they say the missing piece right and things just feel like they're aligning really magically what can happen is when we're out of that state and when we fall back into uh, less of our connection to source then you know the mind and the chatter can actually be the opposite of what we're looking for, right? So it can actually cause us to make decisions that are not the right thing or to get led off our divine path. And inside the seventh insight, it's very much about understanding and recognizing the flow and when you are in a state of intuition versus when you are just stuck in the mind, okay? So this comes up with a lot of students. My first point about that is that because we've spent so many years, and this was a huge thing for me too, we've spent so many years thinking that our mind has all the answers and overthinking, overanalyzing, filtering through, oh, like, you know, reflecting on the past, maybe judging it, overanalyzing, overthinking the, uh, the future, trying to control it, right? We're always in this mental state and when we do that we kind of shut ourselves off typically from noticing the things going on in the world around us so there might be the exact person or the exact answer or the exact breadcrumb on your path but you're so stuck in your head that you are unaware of it you don't notice it or you don't follow the guidance the pull so inside here if i can open it up to the right page <laughs> um okay when we're first connected to source connected to that energy of love right when you feel yourself being uh full whole sovereign free overflowing um you're not trying to outsource or control or get your energy from someone else right there's none of those control dramas that we've talked about kind of playing playing in your life and you're just feeling super tapped into love then you want to stay conscious of this process for it to work and stay conscious of your interactions with people so this kind of pulls us back to the very first insight of meaningful coincidences and synchronicities i have experienced some many in my life 
that I was very unaware of at the time because I was stuck in my head or because I was disconnected from source, right? I'm like hustling or overwhelmed or going through the motions. And actually I come in contact with someone who has the missing piece or they say the exact right thing that in the moment I was unaware of it and I was unable to actually like receive it and take it in. And I continued on my busy path only to <laughs> cause more stress and problems for myself. And then like a month, two months, sometimes a year, <laughs> two years later, I'll be like, damn, that person and that experience actually had all the answers. Like that was exactly the solution or exactly the path that I'm now taking a month, two months, a year, two years later. And had I actually been present or more connected, more receptive, I could have taken that in and potentially jumped into that reality, jumped into that timeline then, right? So the seventh insight is very much about the fact that there aren't really, uh, there is really no such thing as a coincidence. Everything is orchestrated for your highest good, but you might not be aware to see it or notice it if you're way too stuck in your head. And so the more you start to pay attention to the things that feel good, that like spark something in you or the interactions that make you go, hmm, like something felt really good about that or something felt really bad and really off about that. Actually being consciously aware of what's taking place so that you can uh, redirect and act from that spot. So... Seven is all about the process of consciously evolving yourself, staying alert to every coincidence and every answer that the universe provides for you. So it talks about the way that objects kind of jump out at us. Um, oh, wait, where? Yeah, <laughs> that certain thoughts come as guidance. And later on, it goes into the uh, ways that this can show up in our nighttime sleeping dreams and our daydreams and those little downloads or intuitive thoughts that just kind of spark up out of nowhere. And again, you can probably relate right now as I'm sharing this to maybe you've had an idea or a feeling or an inkling and a spark and it feels so good and so exciting and your whole body lights up and it's like, yes, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. But then you doubt it and you second guess it or you get pulled up into the logical mind and you start overanalyzing. All the past programming comes into play, right? You go, oh, it's probably not actually that easy. It's gonna take this much time. I don't have the money. I don't know how I would do this. I'm not equipped or capable or qualified enough. I don't deserve that. It's a nice dream though, right? All of a sudden the mind comes in and just like hijacks the entire intuitive feeling that was coming through. And actually the divine download that was trying to guide you to your next step or a potential future step. The other thing that can happen is you have that amazing feeling and you start to act on it 
and you're excited, you share it with people. This is why <laughs> years ago I kind of stopped sharing most of my ideas or excitement because I would share it with someone and I'd want them to feel and believe in it as much as I did. And I would get their logical mind, their limitations, their beliefs about, well, you can't do that. Or like, that's gonna be way too difficult. Or yeah, dream big Kara, <laughs> like good try. Um, and in times it made me feel really defeated and then give up on those dreams. Other times it made me force and hustle and try even harder to prove myself, which also wasn't the best thing because I was misaligned or um, forcing instead of just flowing with it naturally. But, uh, and eventually I just kind of stopped sharing because it didn't feel safe to share the dreams. You know, like um, you can't share big dreams with small-minded people. <laughs> They're going to find a limitation. They're gonna find something wrong with it. And if that then takes power over you, you miss the boat. You don't go after the thing that is meant for you, right? So we have those inspirations and those feelings and um, carrying on from the previous insight around the past programming, the inner child work, the healing from you know the control dramas we experienced during our childhood, one of the things I forgot to mention in that very long video on that insight was that they also discuss understanding your unique path by looking at both of your parents. And they speak to this kind of meaning of you incarnated with these particular parents for a reason. And there's like certain passions or maybe um, dislikes even. There's certain attributes to each parent that you are this unique blend and merge of. And it's actually in this awareness, in this understanding, you can uncover your true path. And um, the way I interpret it is the ways that we can not only break certain patterns that they didn't break, which is like the intergenerational healing and trauma work, right? But also align with our fullest selves is like an amplified expression of certain parts of them. So I'm gonna share an example of that because it's been really key in my life lately and I think someone is going to relate to this and be able to understand it in a different way. So, I'll be honest, for a long time, I had a lot of resentment towards both of my parents because of the things they didn't do or mistakes they made or things I didn't agree with. And I held a lot of stuff against them. And it's been like a long, 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 long healing journey. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's like very open and loving and communicative now. So I, I'm grateful for that. But what's fascinating is two key struggles that they had, like one key for my mom, one key for my dad, are things that were definitely passed down to me that I'm in the process of breaking on the next level. And for a long time, I was angry at them for that because I was like, if you had just broken this pattern, I wouldn't have to do it. <laughs> And it's hard and like, I'm tired, I'm so tired. 
Um, but when I also take a more positive stance, I go, well, wait a minute. I actually, yeah, like I'm stepping into my destiny by breaking this. And it's actually really empowering to see the way that I'm pulling certain things from their lineages, from their unique soul essences or 3D physical selves, right? That I'm pulling that and then I get to bring that like fully into the world as me. So inside the Celestine Prophecy, they talk about that is actually how evolution happens, right? If we are very unconscious, we're not really evolving. And you do see that with certain family dynamics where the child is so unaware of their parents' behaviors or patterns or programming responses, and the parent is literally a carbon copy of those things. And the cycle continues, right? And then eventually they have a child and it's the same. And like, sometimes I look at people and I'm like, you haven't broken any of your parents' patterns and you're having babies. And like, that baby's gonna have a lot of the same problems that your parents had because you have them too, right? And that's just my own personal bias, I guess, of why I'm also so passionate about the reprogramming and the healing work because then we have the ability to literally birth new identities, new realities, new ways of being that wouldn't happen if we didn't evolve, right? And if we continued the same potentially toxic patterns. So the process of evolution as described in the book has to do with the fact of becoming aware of like, ooh, these are the control dramas or these are the things I observed in my parent. My mother was the interrogator. My dad was the intimidator. I was the aloof or I was the poor me, right? You can go back and watch the previous insight if you need a refresher on that. You understand the ways you experience things growing up and the reason you became who you are. And then it's through that awareness that you can start to become more conscious, start connecting to source, changing your patterns, realizing who it is you wanna be and shifting the way you show up in the world and aligning with your intuition, this insight, to follow the breadcrumbs, follow the things that spark the excitement, follow the things that are like glowing or vibrating or you feel just really magnetized to because those are all those beautiful literal breadcrumbs that are guiding you where you're meant to be. So tying this back into my own personal example, my mom always, always had this belief that her voice didn't matter. And unfortunately, she continued to believe that. So she continued to attract that. And even as an adult, she has this story uh, and she continues to create it. And therefore, it keeps happening, right? Um, I had that my whole life, too, as a little kid, where it felt like no one really cared what I had to say and no one was really listening I hated the sound of my voice because my mom had made comments about it uh, because she hated the sound of her voice, right? All these things that got passed down that little Kara, the sponge, absorbed. And the biggest challenge for me in the last five years since starting YouTube, starting my coaching business, starting putting myself out there was building confidence in my authentic voice. 
And it was like the biggest barrier because my whole programming was that my voice was bad or that no one would listen, no one would care, it wouldn't matter anyway. If you've been following me throughout the years, you've probably seen a lot of pivots in the way I show up online and the content and the way that I've expressed myself. And that's because in this process, I had to come back home to remembering that my authentic voice and my authentic way of sharing is enough right? I didn't believe it was because of all the programming. And so I thought, oh, I need to be more like this person or create content more like that or express myself through this channel. And although it was still always me moving through those channels, it wasn't like my full truth because I was still kind of blending in because I didn't think people would receive me. And we create what we're being. So like I continue to create this reality and um, praise, <laughs> I'm breaking out of it. And like, I'm finally feeling the most free and authentic and true to myself in how I express and not overthinking, not trying to fit into a box, right? Which also has to do with the aloof control drama of, um, being hyper vigilant as a child of I don't want to say the wrong thing and get in trouble or be criticized for this so it's better to like overanalyze or hold back or fit in somewhere else right so there's so many things that connect to it but that is like what's so crazy is I'm also like a self-projected projector our power is literally like our Power and authority is in our voice and it's in the heart to throat uh, gate. So it's in speaking and expressing from my heart. So literally authentic expression through my voice is my magic and it is what I'm here to do and how I'm here to guide and lead. So crazy when you think of it that that's what I'm here to do and yet look at the experiences or upbringing or generational stuff that was trying to block that from happening or hold that back, right? Then we look at my dad's side and he was always the one who was like very spiritual, very open-minded, very much into aliens and galactic stuff and David Icke and all these different things about what's going on on the moon and like all these things that um, I grew up with this deep connection and fascination towards was him. My mom didn't have that at all. She was didn't believe in any of that stuff. But when he would share about it or he would be excited to share what he was reading or, or speak to it, there was something in me that always felt like lit up, right? Those little signs or those little breadcrumbs of this is part of my purpose. And the pattern I'm breaking there is that he was judged for it. He was ridiculed, he was laughed at, and my dad's great at laughing at himself, so he never probably seemed offended in person to people, like he would just laugh it off with them. But as a kid, I saw it and it was like heartbreaking because I thought, here's something that this man is incredibly passionate about and I actually believe has a lot of truth and merit because even as a kid, I just felt like there's a lot of weird 
systems and brainwashing on this planet. There's a lot of weird ways we're taught to conform or judge one another and all be like sheep. So like there was a lot I really resonated with with his openness and his like alien stuff. But I watched him actually cower, so to say, and collapse and hide what was his truth. So he also wasn't speaking up confidently and holding his ground and like, hey, take it or leave it, it's cool. It's like, it doesn't matter to me if you don't believe it, but I believe this, right? He then just kind of hid it away and continued getting sucked into the matrix until finally kind of breaking back out of it. It's so cool because we look at both of your parents and I invite you to do this obviously as you're tuning in, looking at what are certain things that you really deeply connect to with them or certain things that you really don't like the polar opposites but there's like there's really deep alchemy here and deep magic around what you're here to do so the crazy cool part about that is like i literally do quantum healing work and energy work and i talk with galactic beings and I've had experiences communicating with my departed brother and these things that were kind of maybe influenced or opened up to me as a kid from my dad's side. And now I get to break the pattern of hiding about it and express it and share it fully. And I truly really don't give a fuck if people like agree with it or not. Because I know what's true for me and I know what I've experienced and I believe in it very deeply. Um, so I'm getting to break that pattern. And that's part of my purpose is bringing in these different ways of seeing or being and just helping people open up to like bigger truths that have been hidden. Whew. My personal story is over. This is how the evolution takes place. I could continue to stay stuck in my mom's belief that my voice doesn't matter. And if I were doing that, I wouldn't be here recording this video. I could continue to stay stuck in my dad's pattern of the kind of people pleasing maybe or hiding your authentic authenticity, your authentic truth to fit in with what is considered normal. Um, but then I wouldn't be breaking that pattern. And when I really feel into my life's purpose, obviously there's so many different things attached to it, but it is about speaking and spreading truth and bringing these higher levels of understanding and healing and the work with the subconscious, the work that transcends time and space <laughs> with the quantum healing and jumping into new timelines and all these things. And so it's like <clears throat> finding the beauty in that experience and then now continuing to stay aligned to my center and to my connection to source so that I can follow the breadcrumbs, follow the things that glow, follow the things that light me up. The last part I want to touch on from this insight has to do with just really looking at everything as what is this trying to tell me? So the main character in the book has a sort of, he has, let's say he has a dream at one point, because he does. 
let's not say it. Let's just talk about it. Um, he has this dream and the friend he's with at that point starts to help him interpret it of like, what do you think this means? How do you think this connects to your current life, right? And anyone who has done any work with the subconscious or with astral travel or dream work, you realize that our dreams are actually a combination of, you know, previous days events, things that are maybe top of mind, things that haven't been processed yet. And so they're coming through in the subconscious at our, our time of being relaxed and dreaming, right? It could be insights, intuition, premonition, uh, it could be messages from other dimensions, other realms, because we are, once again, we're not in the physical 3D, we're in a way more receptive state, and we're accessing those different levels of consciousness. There's a million different things and ways that your dreams can be communicating to you. So it's about being aware of them. And if you do remember them, asking yourself, okay, well, what does this mean to me? What is this guiding me? Is it giving me answers? Is it a piece of the puzzle? Is it something I'm just supposed to be a little bit aware of throughout the day, right? Bringing that into your day and moving that through, uh, as well as the daydreams. So here, I love this. It says, the seventh insight says, we all have many more such thoughts than we realize. To recognize them, we must take an observer position. When a thought comes, we must ask why. Why did this particular thought come now? How does it relate to my life questions? Taking this observer position helps us release our need to control everything and it places us in the flow of evolution. So it's truly in not getting stuck in the mind. And um, I think that's important to note because as someone who focuses a lot on mindfulness and awareness, uh, sometimes then that pulls us into our logical, analytical mind even more. And it's not really about that, but it's about being aware enough to see, ooh, yeah, what is this trying to tell me? Or what is this leading to? Or where did this come from? Like, why did this pop up? And finding those deeper meanings to it because chances are it has some kind of guidance or some kind of wisdom in it for you. And it's literally being pushed up to the surface at that time because it's meant to help you. It's like the little golden ticket in Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. It's like, this could be your golden ticket thought. And it's like stirring around or stuck there. And in a moment where you're more open and receptive or you're meditating or you're out in nature, or you're doing things that bring you pleasure and peace, it's like the golden ticket like pops up to the surface and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. So if it's a really positive one, being aware of that and utilizing it accordingly. And here then the main character says, what about negative thoughts? Those fear images of something bad happening, such as someone we love getting hurt or of not achieving something we very much want. Um, and he goes on to say, the seventh insight says that fear images should be halted as soon as they come. Then another image, one with a good outcome, should be willed through the mind. Soon, negative images will almost never happen. Your intuitions will be about positive things. When negative images come after that, the manuscript says that they should be taken very seriously and not followed. 
For instance, if the idea comes to you that you're going to have a wreck in a truck and someone comes along and offers you a ride in a truck, then do not accept it. And it's so cool because the perfect example of this was right before I had my car accident. Um, my mom had this kind of intuition and she was concerned about me driving because I was driving across Canada in the middle of the winter, <laughs> probably already a red flag. But it wasn't a fear thought in that she wasn't like sitting and ruminating and stuck in all these fearful things but it just came through really strongly for her one day. And actually I had the same feeling that same day um, where it was just, it felt really strong, like popping up. But I said to her, cause she said like, I'm just, I'm worried you'll hit black ice and it's, you're gonna be by yourself. And I said, well, it doesn't make any difference if there's anyone else in the car with me. If I'm gonna hit black ice, I'm gonna hit black ice. Um, and I'm not gonna not, drive to go move across the country and live with my friend because <laughs> I'm a stubborn Taurus and I wanted to go do that. Uh, so I was like, I'm not gonna not go. That's actually a perfect example of because we weren't in fear-based states, that fear-based thought should have been respected and should have been looked at because lo and behold, like two days later, I started driving across the country and then the next day I hit black ice and flipped and rolled a bunch of times. Other times though, there's that intuitive feeling of things with travel or things with like going somewhere or you randomly decide to take a different drive, a different road to get to your destination and you find out later there was an accident in the way you usually go. Or I've had clients who are like, I just feel really pulled to go to the coffee shop today. Like there's a part of my, my mind is saying, don't go, you've got coffee at home, but like there's something pulling at me to go. And they went and then the person in line behind them starts talking to them and is actually a startup investor and like an angel investor and wants to invest in her startup. And it's like, that is one of those golden tickets, one of those intuitive guides that's bringing her to the next step, right? She could sit and be stuck in her logical mind all day about, I need to find an investor. I don't know how I'm gonna fund this. I'm stressed and overwhelmed because what I'm starting is gonna take a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. What am I doing? Maybe I should give up you know, focusing on the how, ruminating on all the limitations. And she wasn't in that state. She like stopped that, got more centered and grounded, and then had that intuitive ping of like, you know what, just don't worry about it. It's all good. Let's just go to the coffee shop and I'll think about it later. And then boom, <laughs> right there, her answers just solved themselves for her. And that's why I want to end this by just speaking to the fact that like your highest timeline and your destiny is so deeply supported. The things that are meant for you will not pass you by. And you've probably heard that before. Hopefully you believe it even a tiny bit because if you're open to seeing life that way and realizing that like you're not being given these downloads or these feel good things or these deep desires 
to never experience them. You're being given them because they're literally your higher self, or you can say it's your intuition, you could say it's God, like glimpsing the future for you and saying like, ooh, <laughs> this is possible, let me show you what this could be like, right? And they're giving you that feeling, and then your job is to just continue to stay in alignment to follow that path. And I can say, the number of times that, you know, because money seems to be one of the biggest struggles for people with this. And I can say the number of times in my own life where I did not have the money to make the next trip or hire the next coach or invest in myself or um, move across to another country or quit my job and start my own business. Like I never, ever had the money to do it but I trusted the feeling that was guiding me there and I trusted that I would be supported in doing something positive or in following my purpose, right? And I truly have come to believe over the years of doing this that like God desires to support me in my purpose and I am meant to feel good. So if something feels really good and it's calling me to this path or this place or this new avenue and it's lighting me up, it's showing up in my awareness and in my vicinity for a reason. And when I take the leap and I go all in for it, uh, God provides and suddenly the hand is there, uh, the money comes in, the thing shows up. I'm supported in it, and that's because I'm following where I'm meant to be going. So when we stop giving power to limitations or fear-based thoughts or the how, and we start trusting the intuition, kind of that unseen, but that deep feeling, we're always, always guided to the next step. And it doesn't mean that it's all going to show up immediately, uh, but it does mean that it's going to show up how it's meant to. So like so much of my business didn't show up immediately, but it did show up and I was supported and I was constantly held throughout the process. And the less I made decisions from my logical mind and my fears or doubts, and the more I made decisions from my intuition, my heart and soul, the better everything turned out. So it's like, the seventh insight is all about coming back to your truth as an energetic being who is constantly intuitively guided and allowing that to be your compass as you move forward through life. And I just saw 3434 when I looked up. So with that said, I'm going to finish this video here. Thank you so much for joining and I will see you on the next one. I hope this was helpful and I hope you Go make a decision from your intuition, from your heart, from your soul, from your passion today and get your mind out of the way so you can start aligning with the things you desire and the things you're here for.